What's poppin' everybody? How y'all doing? It's the one and only. Yours truly. Big Gator. Gator Love. Don Cayman. Turtleneck Gator. Spiffy Gator. Gold Chain Gator. I can't help but think that I'm missing one. What's that have to do for this week? Um, unfortunately, we're starting the podcast off on a somber note. You know, I'm gonna have to say R.I.P. to my girl Martha. I'm just going to have a quick moment of silence. You know, she lived a very quick life, but a very full life, I would say, you know. There were a lot of uh, things that I feel like she could have prospered and done more of. And, you know, I feel like she could have been greater than what she ended up being in the end, but unfortunately, that's just the way life goes, you know, you don't get to pick your ending, when he calls you, he calls you, um, Martha's my bong, by the way, um, in in case anybody didn't know that I named my bong Martha, um, I just felt like she was a nice, she looked like a nice, wholesome woman, and, you know, I could make a nice breakfast, Martha was one of the first names that came to my mind, so I went with it, and it stuck. And unfortunately, today was her last day with us. I'm not even really sure how it happened, you know? There was a crack around the downstem area. I don't recall doing anything to, that would force a crack or anything around the downstem or anything like that, but you know, I wasn't gonna trip if someone else did it on accident, it was just a crack, you know, and uh, I was on FaceTime earlier, Uh, shout out to you, and you know, I'm wearing sweatpants right now, so I had the bone on my thigh and it was just sliding a bit, and I went to gather it, and I put my hand around the downstem to bring it back towards myself, and then that part just broke, and just fucking like broke. Now there's like a big ass hole around the downstem area, and it's it's just infixable. Well, to me, like it's not just I can't just tape it, you know, like. And I don't have any other materials for it, you know. So we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to let her go, man. Um, she had a nice run with us, though, and um, she's seen most of California, so I wish her nothing but the best in heaven. Yes, stay tuned, man. You know, I'm not really sure where to start this week. Uh, I feel like majority of the news that happened was sports-related. and um, But let me give you a, just a quick recap of my week, man. So, you know, like as most of you, I actually won't even say most of you. As some of you guys know, you know, I work at Jose Bank. That's a, like a suit and like tuxedo place, you know. We mostly sell clothes to old, older white men, 
So I would pretty much say you wouldn't really have been in there if you're not an older white guy. Um, so, but anyways, sometimes we do get people who are of uh, different cultures and different races. And um, it just so happened that we had this Indian couple come in. What was it? Yesterday, I would say. And bruh. It's tight. Like, Indian weddings are fucking tight. But before that, before we even got to that, you know what I think is the funniest part about working there is people only want my opinion if they want a stylish opinion. Like, older white... Like I said, it's mostly a store for older white men, and I'm the youngest male that works there, so majority of the older white men prefer not to talk to me that low-key could be for some racial purposes but you know I also know it's like an ageism thing where like you know they would older people prefer to talk to older people younger people prefer to talk to younger people like the people who come in for formal and shit like that renting a tux for shit like that they prefer to talk to me and the funny thing is when people want a younger looking opinion they always come to me or when they want something when they want to know if something looks stylish enough they come and ask me but that is the only time people ask for my opinion and uh but the cool thing is that's actually just mostly for the older white men but other than that like when we have other people and other races come in like I said they don't really trip you know they actually really value my opinion more than the white people which i think is pretty cool i don't mean to make this such a race thing i'm just kind of the only black guy that works there so it's not racial but at the same time it kind of is you know and um so like i was saying this indian couple came in and they wanted a more stylish opinion because uh He's going to be hosting the wedding, um, the wedding reception. He's like emceeing and everything for everybody. And uh, so we were talking about Indian weddings and bruh, Indian weddings are the shit. So from what I learned, it's somewhat like a a two week celebration. Um, if anyone Indian listens to this and, like, I get any of this shit wrong, like, correct me for sure and, like, let me know. Because from what I learned, I'm high-key trying to have an Indian wedding. So all my Indian booze who listen to this, holla at me. Um, so, like I was saying, from what I learned, it's a two-week celebration. And, like, the first week is basically just for, like, family and all that, you know. I'm, I'm not really sure what goes on during that first week and, like... It's just a gathering of family and yeah. And then so like the second week on the last day is the ceremony. But I was asking like, you know, what the hell happens during that whole week? (sighs) Excuse me. And the husband was like trying on a suit and then he just came out of nowhere and was like, it's basically you guys just party all week. And I was like, damn, that sounds lit. And the wife was like, rolled her eyes and then like she said, yeah, but like. It's more to it than just that. You know, there's like a Henya night and like a bunch of other activities and things like that. And then basically you party for the rest of the time. Then there's the ceremony. And like 
the cer- the way she described the ceremony just sounds tight and just sounds epic. Mainly because I'm not sure if I've said this before. I don't really like how American weddings are 100% designed to cater to the bride's taste and all about the bride's needs and wants and shit like that, you know? Had to take a quick interlude to run to the dispensary really quickly. Um, but yeah, I was being as I was being informed in Indian wedding is also, you know, it's focused about the, or it's focused on the bride, excuse me, it's focused on the bride heavily as well, but since the celebration is such a long celebration, there are parts of it that are for the male and shit like that is what I was told, so I think that's a lot cooler than just a basic ass ceremony wedding you know just the american sort of wedding the two-week wedding sounds a lot cooler and um so the last day is on the same cere- the last ceremony is on the last day and the guy comes in on a horse with a sword i'm gonna say that again blood comes in on a horse with a sword and you get to pick the horse like what I don't really fuck with horses. Horses look he scare me in all seriousness. I was around a horse one time and I was like, damn. This nigga is big as fuck. And fast as shit. Like but anyways. And then I think the attire just in general is pretty cool. Like Loki, you can miss me with the turban cause these curls be popping, but like Other than that, I'd be ready to rock that. All the gold and shit, like, what? Like, I would spice it up and try to do something, like, with a gold sword or something like that. You feel me? Like, we do it big. Um, So, yeah, basically from all the information that I've gotten from them, you know, I've pretty much just decided that I want to do an Indian wedding or, like, an Indian styled wedding you know it doesn't have to be a traditional formatted wedding and like I asked them too if like that'd be cool like or would that be like you know culturally appropriate like would they like say people are like culturally that's like cultural appropriation and shit like that and they were like nah it's cool do your thing so future boo out here Wherever you at, if you listening, future boo, you know who you are. Um, we doing it big for the wedding, and we're having a semi-Indian style traditional wedding. But I low-key don't want to, you know, we're going to be playing trap music and shit. So I, I don't really want to call it an Indian style wedding, but like... Some of the principles in my wedding will be derived from Indian principles and traditions, so to speak, is what I'll say. It's always cool when you get to deal with those kinds of customers instead of the know-it-all kind of people who, just because they buy suits, they feel like they know everything and they know what's going to look good and shit like that instead of just asking for an opinion. And 
yeah. On a lighter note, or just on a different note, I don't really give a fuck about the Grammys, but I do think it's crazy that Jay-Z was nominated for eight awards and didn't win a single award. I do know he was nominated against Kendrick in a lot of those categories, but you can't nominate Ho for eight fucking awards and not give him one. Like, it just don't make sense. I feel like 444 was a fucking great album. If you go back to my podcast a few weeks ago, I said it was an album all black people needed to hear, so it's definitely a great album. But I also think Damn is a great album and definitely deserved the awards that it received. What I do think is outlandish, though, is SZA didn't win a single award. She didn't even win Best New... Uh, is Best New R&B Artist a category? Best New Artist in general, goddamn. I don't give a fuck. Best New R&B Artist, Best New Rap Artist. Who gives a fuck? She by far should have won that. They gave it to Camilla... Cam- I'm sorry that I'm fucking her name up. Whoever listens to this may be a fan of it, and I don't give a fuck. But she definitely should not have won over SZA. Her performance... Like, this past year was fucking skyrocketing. Like, she skyrocketed to stardom. I don't see how someone can pick... I don't even know who the fuck the other girl is. Like, I don't know her name. So, it baffles me that she was chosen over SZA. And, you know, the weird thing is... People... Like, I guess in a way, I did expect SZA to win... Because, like I said, I have no idea who the other girl is. But, at the same time, this kind of just brings me back to why the fuck do the Grammys matter? You know? Like, what gave the Grammys so much power besides white America? Like, I feel like we're now at a point where black TV and just black culture is somewhat being acknowledged to the point where we need to start our own shit, you know? Like, something needs to be on revolt or, like, shit, revolt's about it or, like, Oprah's network, but I'd rather something be on revolt and, you know, we need to host our own shit and that shit needs to be, like, the prestigious awards that black people celebrate and just people in our culture celebrate in general because everything is derived from black culture that's popping pretty much so we need to start our own shit that's actually celebrated that chooses the right people to celebrate you feel me like we can do that with movies sports everything you feel me like it doesn't necessarily have to be sports because i mean sports are predominantly black and mostly black men are getting the awards anyway but like Anything where we feel like we're not getting our just due, we need to start our own shit and support that instead of just sitting here and complaining about it. You know? That's just how I feel on that topic. Um, One other thing that I did think was crazy, though. At the Grammys, Donald Glover said he was retiring Childish Gambino. And, you know, that's like one of those things where he said that last year in 2017 already so it's not something that's unexpected and it's not like oh shit you know but like 
he does have another album that he's going to drop that I will be looking forward to. But I still feel like I want to hear him and Chance drop that project that he, like, teased a while ago. I feel like he has to drop that before retiring, though, you know? Like, in a way, I feel like he'll almost leave me hanging, like, on a cliff if he, like, if him and Chance don't drop that tape. Um, Culture 2 came out on Friday, and... I'm honestly tired of people putting out subpar projects and just people going crazy about it. The Migos dropped a 24 song or yeah, 24 song album and realistically there's about like seven songs on there that are good songs and it's just like how are it doesn't even... The music doesn't even sound like they put their best foot forward, my nigga. Like, I can tell they're trying some new sounds and shit out on the album. Like, some new shit that they haven't really put out frequently. But it's just like... My nigga, I go to the Migos for low-key a certain sound. And they didn't even give me enough of that on a 24-song project. Like, they didn't even give me enough turn-up music. They... It was a little too melodic and just it sounded way too repetitive. Like I don't need 24 songs from the Migos on one project when they just did a whole fucking QC project and these niggas are on every single song on the QC project. That doesn't make sense, bruh. Like your label is called Quality Control and there's not being the quality of the music is not being controlled. This does not make sense. He got to get it together. Like. And then take off in Lil Yachty is, has a mixtape project, whatever, coming out soon. It just. Why are they flooding us with so much music other than the fact that they're just trying to dominate the streaming charts to make money? And my thing is, is it so hard? I guess it is. I was going to say, is it so hard to produce quality music when all you do is freestyle? Like, if most of the work is beats and engineering, and you're just going in there and freestyling, and it usually comes out good, why can't you just pick out the best tracks instead of flooding out all of the tracks? Somebody pointed out a really good theory that I liked on Twitter, and I I really wish I would have, like, remembered your name so I could give you a shout-out. But they pointed this out. Like, Lil B did this shit as, like, a a joke and, like, just to troll the game. Like, he's been doing, like, he put out a 52-song project, or what what was it, a 62? I'm sorry if I'm mistaken. But you guys know, he put out a however-many-song project. And it was just, like, to troll the industry and just, like, to just because he can, you know what I mean? And, like, now it just seems that's what everybody's doing, just to get their numbers up for streaming. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me, man. Like, I really wish somebody would have, like, let these niggas know that that's not the best idea. Like, at least put a bunch of different kinds of music on there if you're going to do 24 songs. Like, don't put seven 
I'm gonna go 11 of the same kind of song on there. Like, mix it up. Like, try a bunch of new shit if you're gonna do 24 songs. Like, expand the fuck out of your craft. Like, don't just do shit because you can, man. I feel like that's how you lose a lot of fans. Like, I don't... I don't know, man. I'm not, like, a successful individual yet, so I can't really give them too much critique or advice, you know what I mean? I can't give them any advice, but I can't critique them too hard, you know what I mean? I just don't really like the method in which some of the successful people go about dropping their music once they reach a certain level of success. Like, I feel like they put way more effort into Culture One because they, they that was their debut album. They, they knew that had to be great, you know? Like, they knew that had to be on point. They're them niggas now, so, like, they just... They feel like whatever they put on Culture 2 is going to be the wave. Because whatever they put on Culture 1 became the wave. So, but I just don't think that works the second time. You can't just double up on the same exact shit that you did. You know what I mean? I don't think that's how it works. But I may be wrong, man. Uh, You know, who knows? Something else that I was wrong about was that Blake Griffin trade, bruh. I did not see that coming at all. Like, I got that notification a few hours before it happened, you know, saying they've engaged in some serious trade talks. And, you know, I'm just sitting there like, whatever, Brett. You know, it is what it is, you know. It might happen. It may not. I was definitely thinking, like, 80% chance that it wouldn't happen, though. You feel me? I was just thinking it is what it is. Nigga. The Pistons gave up Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Boban... A first and a second round pick just to get Blake. Now, don't get me confused. Blake's a star. Like, I high-key think Blake Griffin is a star. But, why did the Clippers agree to that trade? Like, why are the Clippers having a fire sale on the... Like, why are the Clippers having a fire sale and getting rid of Blake Griffin? Like, the only pillar in the franchise that you guys could have at all and you're keeping Austin Rivers and Doc Rivers like this just doesn't make sense I hope this is the start of like a complete fire sale for the Clippers and like Doc Rivers is gone Austin Rivers is gone like everybody's gone and they're just about to start with a bunch of rookies and just start completely fresh completely over a whole new rebrand of the team Because if you got rid of the face of the franchise, the whole reason the franchise even became a billion dollar franchise and even became relevant in the slightest, the whole reason Chris Paul even came there in general, I feel like there better be a good plan, man. Like, there better be a good plan. That just doesn't make sense to me, you know. Detroit... I think Detroit won the trade, in all honesty. You know, if Reggie Jackson... Can I don't fuck with Reggie Jackson, but if Reggie Jackson could stay healthy and evolve a little more, it you know, I think they can do a better two-man big man game than New Orleans is doing with Boogie and AD, especially since Boogie got hurt. But I think they could really master that big man game with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Because Reggie Jackson's a nice pick-and-roll guard, and he has a decent mid-range jumper, so I think that would work out. And Blake's a nice ball handler. Hot take. Blake's probably the best ball-handling power forward in the league. I do think he's a better ball handler than AD. Um, 
I think the trade will work out for the Pistons, though. If they can get some shooters at the three and the two, that'll work out real nice. I don't know about Stanley Johnson at the three, man. He really has to improve his shot. Like, more than his athleticism, more than anything about his game, if he improves his shot, I think they can go some places. And then at the two, uh, they need a white guy, someone that can just shooting that just come out in that corner and just pop it and just is super reliable to hit that corner three you know but uh I think the Clippers lost man it's just I think they should just move out of LA completely rebrand I know this is like extreme but since they got rid of Blake Griffin they should just completely rebrand move the whole team go to Seattle and just completely start over like, I think that's what's best because, like I said, when Blake was the face, and that just, that, like, legit shocked me. You know, another trade that was, like, really shocking that didn't even happen until a few minutes before I pressed the record today was Alex Smith being traded to the fucking uh, Redskins. So... I'm assuming the Redskins aren't bringing back Kirk Cousins next season because they already extended fucking Alex Smith to a four-year deal for about $94 million and $71 million is guaranteed. God damn. That's the third, more, third most ever for a QB. Sheesh. Whoop. Well, it looks like it's over for Kirk in fucking uh, Washington. But my thing is, why the fuck didn't the Redskins just pay this man? Like, this. You went from Kirk Cousins to Alex Smith? Like, you would rather give Kirk Cousins. Nine, or you'd rather give Alex Smith $93 million over Kirk Cousins? I'm baffled, B. Like,. I know I'm doing a podcast and I'm supposed to articulate this, like my thoughts and feelings on this, but that don't even make sense. Alex Smith's older than him. Alex Smith had a worse season than him. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't, there's no history between the GM and Alex Smith. Like, I'm just talking, that could be a lie, but nigga. Kirk Cousins is a franchise QB. He might not be the upper echelon, but he's definitely an average... He's above Alex Smith on the average tier of QBs. Like, that just doesn't make sense. They gave up a second-round pick for Alex Smith. (sighs) Like, who runs the... Who runs the fucking Redskins? It just... It doesn't make sense to me, man. And, you know, speaking of trades still, Jamel Hill finally did it, man. (sighs) She's leaving the Sports Center 6 o'clock slot, you know. I knew this would happen, man. I knew one of them would leave, if not both of them. I assumed both of them would leave, in all honesty. I've been watching that show since, you know, I've been watching them together since it was fucking Numbers Never Lie, you know, like... 
Michael Smith and Jamel Hill are one of the reasons I even was inspired to do my podcast. You know, the originality and shit that they display on television. <clears throat> Excuse me. That shit's dope, you know, that exposure of black culture on national TV, I thought was amazing, just to be real with y'all. And especially, like, them being big fans of Stuart Scott and, like, you know, just me watching Stuart Scott on TV growing up and, you know, just him being so black on TV. And I mean that with, like, the utmost respect. I mean that, like, extreme positive way. Um, It was like they would do the same things in their show, you know, when they had the 10 o'clock slot. And then, you know, one day they announced that they were going to the 6 o'clock slot and they're going to be doing sports center and in a way i was like really happy you know for them because not that i know them or anything but you know just because i've been watching them so long and i know that's a promotion for them and like that's a big thing in the company and just in that realm of business you know but i knew they would be forced to change the format of their show and i knew that white people wouldn't accept them for who they are or the references that they make, because they make constant black movie references, just movie references in general, rap references, and just real shit, you know, they address what's happening, they don't run from it, they talk about the shit that people usually run from on SportsCenter, you know what I mean? It's a bit annoying that Anchor only allows you to record for five minutes at a time, because sometimes... I'll reach that limit, and then I'll fucking have to go all the way back, you know, make sure I didn't say anything too outlandish, too wild, because, you know, we live in such a soft climate now that, you know, I gotta make sure, and then by the time I'm ready to re-record, I lose my whole fucking train of thought, so that always sucks, but I'm sure I was talking about the Jamil Hill thing, and how I knew people white society and just white people wouldn't be comfortable with the way they spoke on television you know but I didn't realize that they would be attacked in the way that she was attacked on Twitter like every single day and like yeah I guess you can tell a person yeah delete your Twitter you know but like when you're a journalist and part of your platform or literally your platform is to be social and to interact with people and to speak to people how do you tell them to delete their twitter and like they can ignore all these tweets when literally jamel hill was getting tweeted from like sun up to sunset like sun up to sunset like every day like they were monday through friday every time they recorded every time they were on the air she was getting hate tweets and just wild shit like people would say wild shit to her every fucking day and it's like man at some point I feel her man like she didn't walk away from ESPN like apparently she's gonna be doing a few other shows or some shit that she didn't announce yet and she's gonna be writing for the undefeated but I personally think that's best man because if that's what's gonna not limit her words and allow her to speak freely about topics like and what's happening in society and just in the world right now so i think that's the best thing for her to do and i hope mike's like i hope michael smith does something as well you know michael smith's not as bold with his takes but 
he's still he's still real and he still attacks the issues as well. But you feel me? On Twitter and shit, Jamel will just go in, and I think that's why. And even on TV, you feel me? She'll go in on the topics as well. But just I feel like she built up more of a reputation and just a more rapport of attacking political issues and just speaking for black people than Mike did. So that's why it's just when it comes up now, it, her name it just gets attached to it. And then anytime something happens to a black athlete or something like that, and you and everybody is talking about it and then they'll address it. They just hate her for it. So, I mean, in a way, it makes sense, man. But, I mean, I'm saying it makes sense for her to leave because dealing with that hate every day. Like, it just, I wouldn't want to deal with that either, you know? Like, of course, I feel like it's easier to just say, bro, you're making however much money she's making and you get to have your dream job of being on TV every day. Why don't you just walk, like, turn your shit off when you're not at work, you know? Tweet whatever you want to tweet and then turn your phone off. But, it, bruh, I don't feel like it's that easy, you know? Like, of course, I feel like it's so much easier to say that. But when you're getting that hate message every day and these motherfuckers don't know you and, like, you're a good person or whatever kind of person you are, even if you're a bad person, I feel like if you're a bad person, you're more inclined to say something. You feel me? I just don't blame her for walking away. And I hope she doesn't get completely silenced. I hope she doesn't become silenced in general. And I hope this actually strengthens her voice. And we can hear more from her. Um, that might be all I have this week, y'all. Um, I didn't really make a note of too many things to talk about. Um, let me look real quick. Yeah, man. It looks like that's all I had notes about, so. I just want to say RIP to Martha one more time, man. She had a nice run. You guys have a nice week, man. Follow me on all my socials. You probably won't even see these this podcast if you don't follow me on my socials, but my shit's I Am Gator. And uh, let me know what you think about the podcast. And, um... Let me know if you disagree with anything. Let me know if I got anything wrong, man. Just...